of Alapah, friends. It's the 12th day of power, the year 175 of the Badi calendar, November 15th, 2018. Today I'm going to read a chapter from Prescription for Living by Ruhia Kanun. It's towards the back of the book. In fact, it is the back of the book. It begins on page 252 and goes to 257. World reform is personal reform. The old maxims, water cannot rise above its own level. A chain is strong as its weakest link are nothing but true. If you do not like the conditions that surround you, if you want to see changes in society, begin on yourself. That is something ready to hand, always under your own eye, and which 99 times out of 100 badly needs overhauling. For it stands to reason that if you are better, the world will be better. There will be that much more gold in the ore of humanity, because one of its components will be of finer caliber. We all know life is a struggle, that to eat, to live in any degree of comfort, to possess even a small measure of security, we have to work for it. But most of our efforts are along the line of least resistance. We work to gain a living, we study to improve our minds, whether for the sake of the pleasure knowledge gives us or to earn a higher income in some specialized field. When it comes to putting any effort into our real selves, we have a wealth of excuses for not doing so. We are spiritually lazy and slovenly. Consequently, we are also spiritually sick and unkempt. There are two massive fundamental problems on this planet today. All others, the struggle between various political and economic ideologies, the armament race, the increasingly bitter contentions between the haves and the have-not nations, vicious if localized states of war, unemployment, environmental pollution, and so on. All these fade into relatively minor detail when compared with the real issues, which are these. Man as an individual and men as a society inhabiting the globe. Two parallel lines of progress and reform are needed to make this world a wonderful place to live in. One in each individual's character. The other in the laws governing and the conduct distinguishing the masses of humanity, be they groups, nations, or races. In the latter field, more effort is being made, perhaps again because it is easier, requires less work on our part than in the former. To get all excited about democracy or communism or socialism or some other form of government, to clamor loudly for social security, old age pensions, free trade, the United Nations, in international language, universal suffrage, and so on, does not require very much inner effort on our part. We shunt the burden off onto everyone. It still leaves us quite free to kick over the traces, to beat little Johnny because we do not wish to control our tempers, to be prejudiced, to be mean, to be hypocritical, to be, in other words, a sort of civilized ape-man, a first-class social misfit inwardly. But it is no use. True charity begins at home, for at home read inside. Every great and needed reform being brought about today will eventually fail of its purpose unless individuals start reforming themselves. After the First War, World War I, 
Tremendous strides forward were made in every aspect of man's joint life. Much that we are seeking to establish at present was begun then. We are only amplifying what our finest minds visualized at an earlier date and renewing our determination to carry it through. But it did not prevent the 1939 to 1945 war. It will not prevent another and more cataclysmic one in the future. Nothing will accept an inner reform undertaken by each man of himself, by himself, for himself. Baha'u'llah said very succinctly, He whose words exceed his deeds, verily his non-being is better than his being, and his death preferable to his life. It is time we stopped telling the other fellow what to do and showed him how we do it ourselves. Nothing else can save us from the power of the physical forces science now provides, and which, unshepherded by conscience, are in danger of destroying our civilized world. We have brought a monster to life, and he is looking at us speculatively and menacingly. Our genius, our great human genius, unilluminated by any spiritual life, is running to evil and self-destruction. No bonds are going to be strong enough to hold it in useful harness and prevent it, prevent it from going amuck, except the chains of our own characters. If there is to be any hope of this world yielding the fruit its blossom has promised, the hope must come from within. For all the great super-animal forces of man are inner forces, his will, his imagination, his capacity for creative work, his power to love unselfishly, idealistically, his faith in himself and in the invisible God he instinctively feels is behind him and behind the universe itself. These inner forces must be cultivated, mastered, directed. As stated in the beginning of these pages, the task is not as hard as it seems. Everyone does not have to issue forth with wings, halo, and harp overnight. A strong, well-trained choir will be sufficient to attract the interest of the audience. A leaven is needed, a yeast of example in this passive, morally soggy, negative lump of our generation. Once the word spreads, it can be done, get busy on yourself, it's not as hard as it sounds, and you feel better afterward, afterwards, the battle, battle will be won and into all the great needed, for the most part, ready-for-use reforms that we have at hand in the world today, in every department of man's life, will rush the tide that alone can run them successfully and ensure their permanence, the tide of human character. We have everything we need today. The stage is set, and that remains... All that remains is to roll up the curtain and start the play. We received into our midst in the last century two enlightened messengers sent from the source of our being. Whether we choose to call it our Heavenly Father or the Infinite Essence makes little difference to the light and guidance it confers upon all men. All the world-reforming concepts that we are so proud of and admire so greatly and are so anxious to see put into force were enunciated, amplified, restated, or clarified, as the case may be, by Baha'u'llah and the Bab. 
better ways of doing things, up-to-date laws for the establishment of a world society were given us by them. The framework is there and is at present being actively erected by their followers under the plans laid down by Shoghi Effendi, the first guardian of the Baha'i faith, the great-grandson of Baha'u'llah, the eldest grandson of Abdu'l-Baha, and by the supreme elected governing body of the Baha'is of the world, the Universal House of Justice. The mighty tree of divine revelation, which Persia, later aided by Turkey, sought with such fiendish ardor to uproot in the second half of the 19th century and the beginning of the 20th century, has grown by leaps and bounds, and watered by the best of all waters, the blood of martyrs, has put forth branches and leaves all over the world. The purpose of this book is to not is not to set forth the multiple teachings given by these twin prophets of the nineteenth century for the guidance of society and the general betterment of the world. Only their personal example and what might be called their prescription for living has been dealt with in its broadest aspects. We need help intimate personal help most desperately before peace comes without in the great arena of men's joint life on this planet a measure of it must first come within how can we force new laws support far-reaching international policies drive forward unitedly towards our goal of world cooperation and coordination freedom from want and freedom from fear unless we ourselves each set our own compass on something firm to steer by and seek to know what is a human being's real place in the scheme of things, what are his potentialities, what is required of him, and let each one ask himself, what can I do myself? And as you ask yourself that question, put before your eyes today's reckoning, the reckoning that faces the whole world in a very simple little mathematical formula. Credit, a new world religion, constructive, historical, proven, on supply, and ready for use. Debit, a new world weapon, atomic force, destructive, historical, proven, on supply, and ready for use. With all the consequences it entails, the choice is entirely up to you. All right. No pressure there. I'm going to move on and read um, from the hidden words of Baha'u'llah. We are on the 27th and 28th hidden word from the Arabic. O son of man. Breathe not the sins of others, so long as thou art thyself a sinner. Shouldst thou transgress this command, accursed wouldst thou be, and to this I bear witness. O son of spirit, know thou of a truth. He that biddeth men be just, and himself committeth, committeth iniquity is not of me, even though he bear my name. We're going to... We're going to close today with a prayer from the Baha'i Prayer Book. It's actually an evening prayer because I'm recording this episode in the evening. And I like this prayer. It's on page 59. 
How can I choose to sleep, O God, my God, when the eyes of them that long for thee are wakeful because of their separation from thee? And how can I lie down to rest whilst the souls of thy lovers are sore vexed in their remoteness from thy presence? I have committed, O my Lord, my spirit and my entire being into the right hand of thy might and thy protection, and I lay my head on my pillow through thy power and lift it up according to thy will and thy good pleasure. Thou art in truth the preserver, the keeper, the almighty, the most powerful. By thy might I ask not whether sleeping or waking, but that which thou dost desire. I am thy servant and in thy hands. Do thou graciously aid me to do what will shed forth the fragrance of thy good pleasure. This truly is my hope and the hope of them that enjoy near access to thee. Praise be thou, O Lord of the worlds. Baha'u'llah. Thank you for joining me at Scattering Angels. I will record another episode on Friday morning. In the meantime, I hope you have a blessed evening and a beautiful day tomorrow. Thank you.